welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hello and happy Monday, April 25, 2022. Hope you all are having a great day, beginning of the week. It's going to be a great week. Many things are on God's calendar, and I think a lot of things are even on the government calendars of the earth. It's going to be a fascinating week to watch what happens you know i a lot of times wake up and i do this every day but on a week like this i tend to think oh man what's going to happen in this nation that god has not yet revealed to at least to me so very excited about what god's going to do let's jump right in let's bring in johnny enlow unfiltered here we go 1349 hours declaring it a riot my message hasn't changed You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Awesome, Mr. Unfiltered. How are you doing there? It looks like, oh, there you go. Hey, I had a bigger screen than I thought there for a moment. (laughs) That was was fine, too. Doing good, Steve. How are you? Good to see you. I'm doing really good. So um, I read something the other day about people love when we don't waste their time. So I'm not going to waste their time. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to throw this to you, Johnny, and let you just go for the first part is just going to be what you have to tell the people. And then after that, we're going to go into some questions about the prophetic. So I'm yeah, going to turn it right on over. That sounds good. That sounds like it's going to be uh, we don't have to talk about it so we can move on. Exciting tomorrow with yeah. oh, Robin yeah. and Roger. Um but, you know, in that, I think you mentioned somewhere, um, perhaps on the job application, you mentioned the word Twitter, and it just reminded me, you know, I don't know if it's a done deal or not. Some are already reporting it that the they've had to approve Elon Musk's. Yeah, very cool. At, you know, 50 billion plus dollars. If that is, that is so monumental as um, uh, I hope everybody understands that that would be a major leg of the deep leg being severed. Uh, it was going to happen one way or the other, even if they figured out how to rescue Twitter, it was going to happen. But it connects with what we're talking about, even the, the prophetic as well, because the prophetic ultimately is the Lord's personalized communication to us. That's what the prophetic is. That's why it's valuable on top of Scripture. People that want to say, hey, we got the Bible. Um, we don't need the prophetic. It's all written. Well, there's I, I wrote I don't know where I have them, you know, about. 15 questions you won't find in the scriptures, who you're to marry, if you should take this job, if you should move to this city, if you should get like, there's multiple things that are not told you specifically. And so just like Twitter does some snapshot personalized messaging for the moment, the prophetic is as big a deal as well. And it's why it has to exist for the body of Christ. It's why it's warred against. It's why it's warred against even for entire denominations where they won't allow it. It's the work of the enemy to suffocate and oppress, depress, censor the personalized voice of God, messaging of God to us that would comfort us, exhort us, edify us. And we can get into that more. So and also, Steve, is just, you know, kind of laying the foundation where we're going to where we're going to go on this topic of the prophetic and sort of to validate what I just said in case people don't know that because. You know, uh, there's an assumption, I think, that those who don't follow the prophetic have that the word prophet or prophecy or something like that might be 
three or four times in all of the scripture and you have these people making a big deal out of something that's yeah, yeah. Uh, barely there. And in the for the New King James Version, there the word prophet or prophets is in the scripture 480 Wow, times. wow. And you're like, yeah, but how many of those are in the New Testament? 160. Wow. So there, no, it's not just 160 times. There are 160 verses that say prophet or prophets in the New Testament. Wow. And that's not that's incredible. Yes, yeah, Stephen, that's not even talking about the word prophecy, prophesy, prophesy, prophecies, visions, seers, all kinds of other words that are describing what is taking place over there. So this is this is uh, a major. Uh, topical in the scriptures. We know the Old Testament. Most of the books there are also written by prophets. So I just want to establish that this is something that we are to uh, to look into, to know, to accept, to receive. And it would be as foolish as not having, again, um, media to communicate today for ourselves not to have that. But I had a, a specific word for us before we go into the questions, but it really, um, it works on the prophetic as well. And there is a phrase that was going through my mind, seemingly through all my dreams last night. And this happens to me from time to time, especially when I'm supposed to speak something about it. And and the phrase uh, was, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And it comes from where it came from me is I had just a couple of days ago, there was uh, somebody had sent, it's Martin Smith um, was singing a song that had that phrase in it. Oh. And you know, Mark Smith that's saying, did you feel the mountains tremble? Many, oh, that many, one. Okay, yeah, sure, right. sure. And I don't really know that much about what he's doing or anything, but I, but um, he was, and that line was, was standing out. And of course, it, it comes from Second Chronicles 2020. And Second Chronicles 2020 is already a, ch- a chapter I've referred to two or three times over the last two years, because it's still relevant and significant uh, for us now. And just to give you a, a quick run on what that's about, reminder for people, we're not, that's not the point because this is just a, a preliminary, uh, a word from a word there, but it's the story of uh, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. And it tells the story of when the children of Moab, the people of Ammon, and really the people of Mount Seir come and surround the nation to such a point that it, it it brings him to his knees, literally, and he cries out to the Lord. And so, uh, you know, it, it's it's such a massive invasion that's coming from the from the enemy that that's his prayer. Jehoshaphat's prayer uh, in verse twelve is, "Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you." So, in his prayer to the Lord, it has to do with this massive army that's gathered themselves against him that are coming to them, and he says nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now, what's so significant here as well, well, and we should go ahead and point out that it's Second, Second Chronicles 20, 20 is a very oft quoted, uh, you know, listen to the Lord and you'll be strengthened or established, listen to his prophets and you will prosper. And so that's one of those verses that totally validates the prophetic and the value of it. It's just all interesting in itself that he doesn't say, um, uh, you know, he, he separates the role. The Lord will establish you and strengthen you. But if you want to be prospered, um, listen, he doesn't say listen to part two of the Lord. It says listen to the prophets, you know, so there's kind of a unique assignment call they have to make people prosper. And that prosper goes into victory in all kinds, all kinds of ways. 
But I did some more research on this because that's where the Lord led me. And I hadn't realized, and just so you know, uh, you can look this up on your own, but the end of chapter 17 of Second Chronicles 17, it tells verse 14, these are the numbers according to the father's houses, O Judah, the captains of thousands. It goes into Judah's and Benjamin's, the size of their armies that are under Jehoshaphat. And the total of them, for instance, Judah has 780,000 soldiers uh, of, of great valor. Wow. And then Benjamin has 380,000. So you put them together, wow. they, they topple, you know, they're over a million, 1.160 That's million. a huge army. I, you know, I've never heard those numbers before. I don't think the U.S. Army is much bigger than that. Oh. No, I don't think so. Wow, I've never seen that. Wow. And I know some people want to say these numbers, uh, I think some studies of scriptures don't believe these size armies can be true. But the bottom line, that's what it says. And so I think we go we go with it. And it's very possible that all men, uh, it almost seems like every eligible man is has been conscripted here or whatever. So when when Jehoshaphat sees the Moabites, the Ammonites, and those of Mount Seir, and they come, and it says, you know, this is a great multitude coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon, Tamar, which is in Gedi, and it says, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to, to, to seek the Lord. He didn't even talk to his generals. It's like, there is no question, we don't have a chance. I don't even know how you can think what size army it has to be for you to think we don't even have a chance with 1.16 million of our own. And so the, it just had to be in the millions. It just had to be a massive army. And it, it connects us where we are today and a reality for us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. When do we say, nor do we know what to do? We don't know what to do when mm. the enemy is just too big, when he's yeah. just too much. He's on all ends, we could say, for what we've discovered in this age of the revelations, the reveal of the cabal, that they have totally taken, you know, media, the economy, the education, the seven mountains, as we would say, government, every area, arts, and entertainment, every area at the top has been taken over by the enemy. And it's such a massive wholesale takeover that we just, uh, you know, once we look at it, we go, oh my God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And of course, that's that's the game changer. And the Lord wants to help this be applicable to everyone in various different ways. We can apply it to what we've discovered about our world, about our nation and what we're confronting. But as well, you know, whatever the personal challenge or battle that anyone is having right now, you can say, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And this thing of the eyes goes beyond, uh, you know, simple perspective of the eyes. It really goes the prophetic, the prophetic is about being able to perceive what God is saying in the midst of all kinds of other voices, all kinds of other sounds, all kinds of other evidences. And, and this is where uh, the, the simple prophetic word for, for today that the Lord wanted me to give um, before we went to the, the questions that also underline uh, you know, dynamics we're going to pull out of, out of this story. Um, we, we want to also recall that the prophet that spoke, you know, the one that finally gave the word of the Lord to Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20. And I, I will read that to you because after in verse 12, after Jehoshaphat says, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. Again, we've been saying that as well. Once we discover how uh, 
overwhelming the the might of the enemy and how they've positioned themselves and how they've really uh, established more than a century long plan to do what they're doing right now. It's like, oh, God, will you judge him? We're, we're needing him to, to step in in, in this place. Uh, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And then verse 14, well, it first tells you that Judah, their little ones, their wives, their children, they stood before the Lord. And then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jeel, et cetera, et cetera, of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all of you, Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat. He was pretty bold to even just speak that way to King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. They received a very powerful, clear, prophetic directive from one of, one of their apparently established prophets. And this is what we want to look at, this thing of, but our eyes are on you. So mm. if our eyes are on them, you want to get someone who has eyes that are on him. And so Jehaziel, appropriately enough, his name means looked at by God, looked at or looked on by God because he is looking at God. So you, it's, it's a really full definition when you get the whole thing. And so he is looked at by God. Jehaziel is looked at by, by God because God sees that Jehaziel is looking at him. Mm. It's, back, it's fulfilling our eyes are upon you. So when we see ourselves overwhelmed, when the enemy is too big for us, when we can't just figure out, uh, you know, how to mobilize existing forces and have any chance, we, the enemy's too much. We have a Jehaziel that says, this is the plan of the Lord. The battle is the Lord's. And so this is some things for us, a repeat for us in this season. Well, some aspects of it are, but it's for some of you, it'll be the first time you're hearing it. And it's so important while we're in this uh, uh Whatever the, de the delay before the great reveal of what's really going to uh, shock us and shock the world into the discovery of we've been lied to about everything. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, and by everything you mean, literally, all, Every all, all it's like everything. I'm embarrassed if I can say it this way, Johnny. It's like I feel almost embarrassed that I'm. 67 years old and a significant portion of the things that I believe about our country, our president, our voting, our policies were all lies. Am I overstating that? No, it's so much so that I, when I discovered it, I said, Lord, how can I even consider myself prophetic if I didn't see any of that? He's mm. like, I didn't want you to see it then. That wasn't, you know, I want you to see what's next. And so, um, it doesn't help you to see things you can't do anything about at the time. He says, we're now doing something about it. So I want you to see it. It would have just frustrated you to no end if you saw all of this 10 years ago, um, 20 years ago. And, you know, for some people who knew about uh, those who've been con called conspiracy theorists for a long time, they're like, yeah, that's what we've been going through for. Uh, and they've known not that they're the same bits of knowledge that have been being known, 
but they have experienced the frustration and the hopelessness and the helplessness of seeing too much of the enemy when it's not time for the enemy can, to go down. Can I ask you a quick insert? One quick question. I don't want to mess up your flow, but we, I've known prophetic people, prophets, whatever they are, their gifting is high. And about the time we came into something like this, now I'm not talking about this, but you know, a few years ago, and they said, Steve, I told you that five years ago, I saw all that. Well, now they're, We've arrived at it, and about the time they're saying, you know, I told you this, they're on to five years in the future, and they're telling us that, and we're not believing that yet either, because how how is it that God will tell a few people? What's the point? Well, and I don't, again, a lot of those that I'm speaking of are people who kind of just knew, found out information, not necessarily well, I do have um, I do I do know a, a friend who did was shown it um, by the Lord and he was just supposed to um, kind of be a pioneer ahead just to be able to tell people. Yeah, I was shown that many years ago, but he you know, he knew how not to let it overwhelm him. Um, and I think, again, that's that's the, the challenge is if you know too much about the enemy before, mm. you know, too much of the victory plan, it'll just overwhelm you. And that's um, um, that's what happens in that kind of case. But back to Jehaziel, he's giving them the plan of God for how to have victory. This goes for us. He says, the battle is the Lord's. Now, I don't know how many have quoted that. It's a fun, it's a fun quote from the scripture. The battle is the Lord's. I don't have to fight it. And it's his. And yeah. this is really, this is the truth for what's going on right now, Steve. This is a word from the Lord for us. Okay. is the battle is the Lord's. But we want to learn from what followed here because the battle is the Lord's did not mean therefore do nothing, did not mean stay in your tent in a very practical way. It was not stay in your tents. It was not ignore it. It was none of those. In fact, that verse 17 gives three specific commands when the battle is the Lord's. And this is what we want to we want to have the takeaway. We want to feel the comfort of the battle is the Lord's. He's got a plan. Trust the plan. Trust what he's got going on. But there are three accompanying commands. And he says, position yourselves. Because that's right there in verse verse 17 that we were just, yeah, you can put it up there. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. So position yourselves. Another, I went into looking the, the Hebrew word. It means station yourself. Station yourself as in a battlefield. We would say what I would say specifically, position yourself in the seven mountains, position yourselves into the nine to five world, position yourselves into the real world, not just in a, you know, not just a church position. This would be position yourself. So when the battle is the Lord, he says, position yourself, find your position, find your station. Again, for some, it is just uh, in church, it's one of the seven mountains. And so we're not we're not saying that that's not the only place for some people. Next one was stand still. Uh, you can put that position yourself, stand still. And when you look up that Hebrew word, what that means, it means endure, remain, be patient, outlast. So the Lord says, position yourself, station yourself, and then station yourself to endure, to outlast the enemy to remain as long as you need to endure. Can That's you, when the battle is the Lord's. Can you redefine 
more clearly what do you mean station yourself what does that mean to okay we're not in the army we're not in israel we're not back then so what in today's vernacular what does it mean to station yourself thanks for listening the elijah streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner go to elijahstreams.com and click the donate today button position yourself is wherever your nine to five calling is okay position yourself don't make that your secular on the side thing. This is your kingdom appearance you're making there. Okay. So this is a call. He says the battle is the Lord's. For them, practically, I don't know if this visual will help people, was go to the battlefield, not stay in your tents. So the okay. battle was the Lord's, but don't stay in your tents. So if the battlefield is my workplace and I'm an evangelist, I stay in my workplace no matter how intense it gets. I still evangelize because I'm in the battle. What well, is it? Maybe you have a better example than that. I don't know. Well, I'll give you, you're the best example. Here's what you've done the last two years. Okay. You've positioned, you've stationed yourself, Elijah List, Elijah Streams. You've made yourself most more fruitful, given more opportunity. You've had to, uh, um, you know, resist yeah. takeout attempts from you actually giving the message you're supposed to. You've had to yeah. station yourself, position yourself. The battle is the Lord's, but you have your place. Hey, and, can I can I add to that? I didn't know you're going to use me as an example, but no. but if I can tell people what it was like, what it's been like, <laughs> especially last year in the early months after after November four, uh, when when it was taken from us, for those especially two or three or four months, every morning I would wake up like. This. And then I would go back and re-encourage myself. Like David said, I encourage myself. I'd get in touch with people like you. I'd walk, read around who was encouraged, who was said. And by the time the show was on, I literally was up again. And I was ready for the fight. But I had to do that every day. So positioning yourself for me had to be daily encouraging myself in the Lord. To speak no, you're the best. You're, you're just the best example for it. Because, you know. There's the part only the Lord can do, but that is the part you can do. And so it's whatever your arena, whatever your Metron authority, whatever your place of influence, don't just be, uh, you know, the tent dweller. Well, I show up on church Sunday. That's it. it. This is this is so this is a prophetic message for anybody who has not done that yet. Can you say you've stationed yourself, you've positioned yourself? And yeah, depending on your your age and your physical health and all kinds of things, it, it may or may not be in a public setting. But with with media, it's just like Steve doesn't have to go to public settings. Neither do I, um, because we now have this capability of going worldwide on this particular this type of conversation yeah. to go worldwide. And so this is this is this is getting out. This is filling in the nine to five window into where people actually are, where conversations actually taking place. And so that's, that's what we want to do. Even when we know the battle is the Lord and we're just going to praise. So there's praising because we know, if you know the rest of uh, second Chronicles 20, they had the assignment, the uh, Jehoshaphat picked up. We're going to put the worshipers first. The praisers went before the army. And so they went to battlefield with the worshipers going first. And that's part of keeping your eyes on him. How can you keep your eyes on him if you're not praising him? If you're first thinking of who the enemy is, 
you can't be a worshiper. That's why you got to put the Jew to try it first. And that's how we have to lead. Like you said, you had to get encouraged first thing every morning. Every you wake day. up four o'clock in the morning or whatever time.